on this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. This is a spade. Dear, Dear God. God. There's more. No. A mystery in the town of Riverbend. A local priest had offered to buy you breakfast because he wanted to talk to you. We've been praying for outsiders to come in and help them with a problem. People missing. Sends the party to the ancient Alderwood. And so you headed into the Alderwood. Spirited away. Where Nug's medallion finally started doing something. Where they are confronted by a strange creature. But you hear this booming voice and it says, It seems we have guests. Things are about to get weird. Is there a meme tabletop RPG? I hope not. Now. Another day, another chance to traumatize my players. Another day, another cup of Joe. Another cup of Joe. Hey, Third Callan Podcast, sponsored by... Oh, Not really. That'd be nice. That'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. sweet. More like Dude, we're sponsoring we them at our sponsor. Rate. <laughs> Third Gallon Podcast, brought to you by Raid Shadow <laughs> Legends. <laughs> oh, oh, my put goodness. Code Nugget, and you'll get Nug on your team. No, it'd be Code <laughs> Third Mayo. Ooh. Code Mayo. Code, code Mayo. mayo. Oh, that sounds like, uh, you know how there's different like emergency codes? You won't. For, uh, for like something bad. Like, like Mayo 3. It, it you know, also, like, enter the code Mayo 3. It there's also, like code red, code whatever, code oh, yellow. Yeah. Code, code mayo. mayo. We got a code mayo. It over also here. sounds like one of those poorly animated CGI kids cartoons. Code Mayo. Code Mayo. <laughs> From like 2005. Yeah, like about that. Code uh, yep, yep. Yep. Code Lyoko. <laughs> uh, oh my God. It's horrible. Well, <laughs> we could, as much as we could talk about mayo and coffee all day, because we're having uh, a code mayo. I wanted to do something a little bit different, <gasps> a bit more serious, perhaps. Yes, with this banter segment, because <laughs> we have. Serious. I, I know. I know. Hold on to your seatbelts, because we're <laughs> we're going to try to focus. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> we got a suggestion. <gasps> From a fan. Do we listen to our fans? Uh, yes. Kate, apparently we do. Um, Whoa. No, uh, a fan of the show, Mario, on YouTube left a comment. <gasps> the Mario? It's oh, man. We made it <laughs> if Mario's a fan of us. Uh, Mario hey. on YouTube, he's been enjoying uh, listening through this season. Uh, and he asked us uh, if we could maybe do a segment on our character's background and life path, because we talk about it a lot in the show, but we never get into it. You know, we yeah. talked about last week how the way we do this, this, this show different from a long-term campaign yeah. is we make the characters together and then we already assume that they're going to have known each other because we don't want to take the five episodes to introduce everyone and get yeah, used and, to them. And like, unlike a long-term campaign, you're probably not going to get a whole bunch of our backstory in the story itself. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have a long-term campaign, you can do that, but... But he brings up a good point because a big part of this game, more so than like Forbidden Lands, which you played last season, mm. is your life path. Like making your character... I know when we were first researching this game and like getting into preparing for the season... We had talked about just kind of hand waving or ignoring the life path, but the more whenever I figured out how to really, you know, do character creation, 
it was very obvious that you can't. Um, it's too much baked into the system. You get like mechanical uh, bonuses and items and different things from your life path choices. Yeah. So we had everyone go through it. Um, but we've never really talked about it. Uh, obviously, when we had the episodes with Durgamir and Micah here, uh, Durgamir was worked into certain parts of Nug's life path and Viverwind's life path, uh, I think. And we had them know each other and that made it easier. But we never talked about like where these characters come from or uh, how they met up. And uh, to peek behind the screen, up until about an hour or two ago, we, the adventuring group, you know, we knew their life paths from character creation, but we never talked about how your characters actually met up and became a, an adventuring group. Yeah. Um, but we have now. So I, why don't we take this time where we n- would normally talk about some innocuous bullshit and talk about our characters and mm-hmm. the life path choices that you've made for them. Um, does anyone want to go first? I, I will say I have Durgamir's life path choices. I'm, I'm not Micah, so I can't give them the full yeehaw fleshed out <laughs> love that they deserve. Yeehaw. But I, I'll do my best. Does anyone want to go uh, first? I mean, I could. Go first. So are Nug. Uh, how are you going to do that? It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, the first every time episode you try to talk over in again. His character it's just too much like talking. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nug is a dwarf. No. Uh, no. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Shocking, like we didn't shocking. know that already. <laughs> uh, I actually had the idea for Nug because I just thought it would be a fun idea to have a dwarf that wasn't raised by dwarves. I had the idea of him being adopted, but that was it. So then I rolled a lot or a vast majority of like his background stuff uh, under the assumption I could fit it into that. And it yeah. happened to work out. Yeah. So basically, uh, normally you pick your character race like human elf dwarf or whatever and that starts you down your life path like where you're from Mm -hmm. because if you're a human you basically get to choose if you're from the north or from like Nilfgaard or something like that and if you're a dwarf you're basically going to be from quote the elder lands which would be Dolbothana or Mahakam for dwarves yeah Um, but for Nug we treated you like you were a human because of your backstory yeah and that's why except for like racist people in the world that's why his that's why his human perception has no negatives but like he could still take negatives if he's in the wrong region or something like that right Uh, so his ability to interact with humans is not faulted because of him it would be because of the human itself yeah Uh, and that's how we chose to do it but nug his he is from Ard Skellig, which is the largest island in, is it Skellig or Skellige? I don't, I think it could go either way. Okay, it's pronounced both ways, Um, even in the series. But what it is, is his mom is a woman from Ard Skellig, and his father is a scholar from the north who came to do research on something in Ard Skellig. I kind of left it up in the air, so it's like either like ruins in the area or maybe certain kinds of plants or something you can only find there. But uh, his mom and his dad met, and they hit it off. They ended up getting with each other, getting married, tried to start a family, but like they couldn't have kids. So what mm. they decided to do is they they found the kids who have been orphaned on Ardskellig and decided to just start adopting them. And it got to the point where if there was a shipwreck and a kid was and they found a kid in the shipwreck, the kid's parents are dead or they're just alone. They would adopt the child. So that's where Nug came from. Uh, whatever his past was before that. It's just kind of fuzzy to him, whether because he was a child or because 
the Tra- wreck itself trauma, trauma. uh yeah. nug doesn't really remember much of his life before the shipwreck but he was found and he was adopted by these two people and that's where he spent uh, because dwarves come of age around 40 from my research, he spent about 20 years with his family, but it was like finding a 10 year old and them growing up to be, you know, near adult age. Um, but Nug has six siblings, uh, one of which is an elf that was also found from a shipwreck, and the others are various humans from shipwrecks and just the island itself because, you know, Skelligers go like on raiding parties and their parents could have died or stuff like that. Right. Um, and the important things when it comes to the Witcher life path, uh, he's from Skellig. Uh, his family is all alive and I just lucked out rolling that. Right. And uh, he has an influential friend that is a count, which I never quite filled in, mm-hmm. but I was assuming was one of um, <sighs> Kron on Croc on Crate? Croc on Crate. I'm so bad at his name. One of his children that they just met and kind of hung out. And Nug has like a ring that was a symbol of their friendship. But the most important stuff is around the age of 32, actually. So, you know, he was a teenager, preteen. He'd be like 15. Uh, when he saw Dergmir fighting a troll on a bridge in Skellig and uh, you know, not to disservice the witchers cause witchers whole thing is doing research and knowing what they're fighting. If it was just the troll, uh, Dergmir would have handled the fight easily, but the bridge had certain weak points that only someone who traveled on that bridge would know. And uh, Nug saw them, the fight going onto the bridge and like Dergmir's foot went through one of the weak planks that he couldn't have known about. And so Nug chucked a rock at the troll hit it in the head and distracted it long enough for Dergmir to, you know, free himself and deliver a finishing blow. Right. Uh, and that's how he met Dergmir. And I don't know how long Dergmir was in Skellig, but like that's where they, they talked, they hung out. That's how uh, Nug got into his head. You know, witchers are cool. And then he did research mm-hmm. and found out witchers are dying off and the world needs more people that are like witchers because right. they're still monsters. I'm, I'm really Really glad that you had that happen in his backstory because if he tried to roll to see if what was deal- happening with witchers, um, like if you had to roll that, yeah, you'd probably be like, wow, this is a very prolific and lively community. Yes, yep. that is. Yep. This is solely because he was able to go to his father, who was a scholar, okay. and would know this stuff. So at that point, I mean, his mom had been training him how to be a warrior because his mom was a guardswoman, and um, okay. so he had been learning how to fight from her. And he learned from his father, but he also realized he wasn't very good at learning. So he learned how to, quote unquote, nug learn, which was he would take a book and sleep with it underneath his pillow. And he genuinely believes he is absorbing knowledge that way because uh, nug is not a smart fellow. And so, you know, that was that the first was the most infuriating thing <laughs> I've heard all day. Oh, my goodness. Holy that, shit. That is that. That's why I've kept trying to get Nug a book in our world, but is yet to happen because I was going to have that happen. But I don't you know imagine? if it will happen. Uh, so that was the first one would be upset. Yes, that was the first <laughs> life event. And Nug had two life events. The second one was uh, a relationship that had a bit of an issue. He met a lady uh, in Ard Skellig. They fell in love, but her family hates 
Nug, because he is not originally from Ardskellig. He is in their eyes an outsider. And, and he's they, not a human. They, and he's not human, but which that's less of an issue overall in Skellig, mm-hmm. but not for this particular family. Um, and they hate Nug and had tried to hurt him and kill him. So what happened is uh, Nug's girlfriend slash fiance moved in with his family and Nug had to leave because they were just trying to kill him. And uh, they were being slyer than usual when it comes to Skellig, you know, ways of doing Ooh, things. Cloak and dagger. Yeah, a bit more cloak and dagger. So he couldn't just go to people and say, hey, they're trying to kill me. This ain't cool. Um, so if, he, he if left were, like outwardly he would have just fucking kicked their asses exactly because nug is a pretty strong fellow yes uh so nug had to leave his home to protect himself but he also had the double agenda and that he wants to try to make a difference in the world by taking up like the witcher's mantle because there are just less and less witchers there's a knight errant uh yeah you could say that and that is how nug started to travel I'm sorry, but you're talking about this, and all I can think of um, is two lovers forbidden from one another, a war divides their people, and a mountain divides them apart. <laughs> <laughs> Secret tunnel! Uh, so, you know, Nug is also just kind of half waiting for one of the, for the family to attack him, not in Skellig, so he can so just he can defend kick their himself. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, I swear, this is self-defense. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. <laughs> For those who, uh, you know, don't have or aren't familiar with the life path system in the Witcher uh, RPG, uh, just a quick overview to kind of frame what we're talking about here. Basically, so you pick your, your character race and that determines your homeland. Uh, you know, if you're an elf or a dwarf, your kind of homeland is set for you. Uh, but if you're a human, you get to pick. Uh, you, you you can either pick or you can roll on a table, whether you're from the Northern Kingdoms or Nilfgaard. And then once you do that, like you can get further into exactly what country you're from. Yeah. And those things like give you mechanical benefits. And then like there's this whole flow chart thing you get to do with your family, whether they're alive, whether something happened to them, what happened to them, uh, who your parents are or were. Uh, and then you can, the, all these things are different depending on whether you're from the North, Nilfgaard or the Elderlands. Like there's a ton of depth in here. And some of these things, like you said, have mechanical impacts yeah. um, for you. And then like mm-hmm. once you even get past just the basics of like your family, you get to roll about who's your most influential friend. Again, all these things are segmented by where you're from, like North, Nilfgaard, Elderlands, um, some of these things affect your starting gear. And then depending on how old you are, there's like more things you can roll on by like how many siblings you have. And then all your different life events, you could have a fortune, a misfortune. You can make allies or enemies. Uh, you can have a romance and to be fair, you can pick these things as you assemble your life story. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you roll on them, it's a little bit more dynamic and everything. It's a little bit more like life. Right. Yeah. And everything Jacob mentioned with Nug, you rolled most of these things, right? As a matter of fact, I can go through these, just give examples because the first things you roll are about your character themselves. Clothing, traveling clothes, personality, friendly, Uh, hair, shaven sides. He has war paint. His valued person is a lover. And then I filled Mm -hmm. in who that was. Value is power to protect and provide for those he cares about and his feelings on people 
people are great. Yeah. And like, uh, so like those are the things that help you kind so of sweet. make your character, Okay, idea of your character. But then there's the bigger things of like your allies, your enemies, things that have happened in your life. Yeah. Like what you had with Durgamir was completely rolled. Yeah. I think. That was a rolled life event and it was uh, basically a witcher owes you. Yeah. And, uh, like you and can, I just expanded on that. You can pick like, it's like dynamic, like a blank owes you is a yeah. fortune yeah. or something like that. The only thing I actively selected when it came to rolling for Nug is his family status or what his family is. And the closest thing I could get to adoptive family was merchant family. Right. And that's the only thing I chose. Everything else was rolled. Mm-hmm. But like those things that come up in your life events are just, if, if you're especially the longer your campaign is, are perfect for a DM to hang plot hooks off of, right? Yeah. Like it's perfect material for me to do what we did with Durgamir and introduce another character, introduce an NPC. Like these are, it's it's wonderful that like this system has this way to get you to think like this. You know, I feel like if you've played a lot of role-playing games, especially longer campaigns, you kind of come in with this idea already because you've experienced, you know, the more I give a DM, the more in-depth this can be. And a lot of people and like the that kind of worse game. Worse it can get. Right. Yep. God, can give, it get bad? Give them more things to hurt me with. <laughs> uh, but this game, I think, you know, as, as chunky as it can be in parts of combat, is really good. I like it when games like this include a way to kind of guide people through how to build and some, a full character. And sometimes you can even use that to associate the characters themselves. Like Nug rolled two friends, one was an old enemy that saved him from something. And I guess now they're friends and that guy's somewhere off in the other lands. I rolled another one that could have actually fit Edith very well. Female, a craftswoman you met while drunk and hit it off. And that that's how they became acquaintances. So if we had wanted to, or if we choose to, I suppose we could actually do yeah. that could have been how Nug and Edith met. Exactly. The irony being that Inef has a man, an unnamed man at arms in her backstory as well. <laughs> and so, so, like, yeah, that's a it's it's funny how things kind of work out, even with a randomly rolled system. Oh yeah, yeah. It just it's one of those things where it's random, but it's good enough to get your creativity like going. Yeah, yeah. So, who wants to go next on this? I know all of you have been thinking about this a whole lot. I'll. Go ahead, and I'll just go all the way through the background. So I did change some things from what I rolled specifically because I uh, I encountered some, not redundancies, but like <laughs> opposing values. Because apparently, uh, original Viverwin values nobody. <laughs> uh, but their value is vengeance. Fair. And they believe that all life is valuable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all very confusing. It didn't so roll very well. It didn't roll very well, no. Yeah. But the family that they have right now, that's still alive at least, is in Dolblathana. Uh, they have two siblings, a younger brother with no fa- strong feelings towards them, and a twin sister who is very possessive of them. Mm-hmm. Both of their parents are alive. Oh, uh, yeah. Good rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they are actual Squayatel, uh, like the raiders. And her mother has a curse. She's also Dolblathon in aristocracy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that came up in um, episode eight when you met the the group of Scoyatel. Yeah, yep. yes, yeah. And uh, I, I know we didn't get a chance to play this on air, but 
uh, whenever we were working with Micah to bring mm-hmm. him on the show, uh, what we did was we made the character with him uh, and then uh, him, Drow, and I did a little like one and a half hour mini session so yeah. he could be familiar with how to play the game. And it involved how him and Viverwin were escaping from like a non-human program. Oh. So we had a little combat. It Ooh, involved fun. a, a Scoia'tael like group and one of the guys that you encountered in episode eight, I believe, mm-hmm. Ralal was there. He's actually in uh, my backstory. Yeah, or my yeah. rolled bit. He is the male bounty hunter who I saved and we are inseparable. He's in the Elderlands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wasn't this time. He was in Redania, but yeah. yeah. That, that's just where I met him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but like I was able to build that little bit because of this life path system. Yeah, it didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't super important for the show. It was kind of just like set dressing, but it was super helpful to bring Micah on board and get him like integrated with things yeah. to play. So it's just, it's great. I love it. That's so awesome. Also made it easier for him to just mesh right into the group. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, when you've been playing this game a little bit and you bring someone new to it, any game really, it's hard to bring, to mesh someone into the campaign. Even someone that we're really connected well with, like Micah, you know, you got to Can we not in. talk about him while I'm talking about me? I'm sorry. <laughs> Do not interrupt Drow. <laughs> I have a soldier who is out for my blood. Okay. So these are just the big rocks? Yes. Then? Yes. I also had a lover at one point in time, but he's also cursed. He's also cursed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you are the curse. I went to jail. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that uh, yeah. that's the anti-human pogrom or whatever. Yeah, it was part of that. The curse you cast, get, um, get, um. The eternal itch. The eternal, um. Get herpes. Get herpes. I, ca- I cast give you herpes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm the, am I the drama? <laughs> am I the bad guy? Uh, is there anything else in Viverwind's backstory? Apparently their lover was also taken by monsters. Well, maybe that's a curse maybe in and of a itself. Different one. Same lover? <laughs> maybe that's a different one. Maybe it's the same one. Boy, I feel sorry for this person. <laughs> what is that TikTok ta- sound? Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made friends with a farmer. Nice. Aww. I have a spade. You have a spade. <laughs> yes. That's right. I forgot about that. A memorial spade. This is a spade. Dear, Dear God. God. <laughs> There's more. No. no. <laughs> oh, Team Fortress. Uh, well, Viverwin certainly has a lot of interesting things going on in her in her backstory there. Ineth, what do you got see. going on? Um, I was thrilled when we learned that the Witcher had like background building stuff because uh, I didn't feel like I was that great at building a background and it gave me some parameters to kind of get creative with. Um, So then INF's background, I originally had rolled her personality as rebellious, but it kind of just became friendly. Um, (laughs) INF, her homeland was in um, the Northern Kingdoms in Lyria and Rivia. Her family were a bunch of bards and her father in true bard fashion kind of did everything pelvis first and ended up imprisoned. <laughs> and the best thing her parents did for her is that so she didn't her and her younger brother didn't get mixed up in it. They kind of just straight up left them in the wilderness. 
Um, so that's why she has a younger brother who is still alive who <laughs> oh, looks up man. to her. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Um, so yeah, her family was imprisoned and she spent some time in the wilderness. So she did meet a man at arms that taught her how to defend herself, which again, I thought was funny because um, Jacob has a craftsman in his backstory and I have a man at arms in my backstory. She learned to blacksmith from a mentor and she has an influential friend who is a bard that she was forced to work with back when she was with her family. <laughs> and they just ended up being in the same town again after, you know, she got out of the wilderness. And let's see. Oh, she has her most valued person is a pet. She has a little black cat named Slag, and her brother takes care of him. Oh, I, was about I to thought say. you were going to say oh, a pet rock named Rocco. No. <laughs> I don't she know has why. A, she has a little black cat named Slag. And, um, oh, she also has an enemy. Super nice Ina who feels like everybody, you know, people are great, who's had a terrible life, has a um, an enemy who she absolutely hates. Like, they're both out for blood. <laughs> so... That'll be fun if she ever meets her enemy. Um, I would love it. Oh, and it. then the eye patch was a random thing that was rolled, and I did not make her name Ineth with an <laughs> eye patch on purpose, and didn't realize it until like multiple episodes in. Yeah, I uh, I just hope because she's super nice, and we got that you know Minnesotan kind of accent going on, that her enemy is just Canadian. <laughs> so two well, very pleasant, actually, nice people that just hate each other the uh the there it could or they could be sort of like they're from was it iowa or idaho there's one of those that minnesotans <laughs> tend to hate um but no i actually give her eye patch for a reason she does have like a sight issue and it helps her see better yeah that was in the personal style stuff i think right yeah and it just kind of became her thing so she actually would have trouble working with other people's tools and such because she would have depth perception issues yeah um so i, I liked it but no she's fun and i would love to see what happens if she ever actually met her enemy because i have planned <laughs> what she would do and it's funny i i remember um whenever you were creating this character we were all at the table together for a long time making our characters and then working them out uh that everyone else you know rolled things you're gonna have some a lot of trauma in a character's backstory in the witcher but your character because you, you, you went through the process several I times think i originally got like a straight up curse or misfortune and had to redo it mm -hmm. yeah i think you went through like two times before we ended up on what was ineth and it harsh. was just horrible god-awful things that it was happened. so bad that i deleted the file of the stuff i was keeping it was horrible it was nothing but like misfortune and your family dying and, and just trauma because yeah, just like you can get benefits you can get really bad negatives if you get really bad roles mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah oh man i'm just envisioning ineth and her enemy like you guys have seen letter kenny right uh-huh just like nope. uh the main character i forget what his name is from letter kenny don't know what you're talking about we need to it's, show you letter kenny after him. the show it's the titular letter <laughs> it's, it's him kenny. it's kenny it's, it's letter kenny uh, it's been a while since i've watched it but just him and ineth just staring down each other <laughs> wish you weren't so fucking awkward there bud <laughs> yeah just like rapid fire n talking nice but harsh and mean and i think that we we decided she should have a midwest accent because she was so insufferably nice and optimistic despite having a pretty bad backstory yeah. It was also yeah. because you wanted to try something very different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So I feel lend me a little bit of creative, like no uh, freedom as a DM. You can't have any. We were talking today about yeah. how your characters like all came together. And I think what we decided on, so let me set a scene here. I'm going to kind of blend, if you don't mind the backstory meeting of Nug and Ineth with what we talked about. Cool. Uh, imagine this. It's a tavern. I know. Out Whoa. there. Oh my God. It's oh. wild. You can't imagine Chokes. that in a fantasy. How fucking inventive. <laughs> you can, can't imagine can, that in I any can, fantasy setting. I can hear the alcoholism. <laughs> Nug has just sound like finished a job potatoes. guarding against giant comma wolves on a border town. <laughs> he knows what a wolf is. It's a giant. <laughs> and he's in a tavern. This is new. He's new to adventuring uh, and trying to protect people as his knight errant witcher wannabe self. Oh, yeah. The, the polish on his wooden goat head medallion is still very fresh. He comes in, his armor is torn up because he's not that great yet. Uh, and he needs to find a craftsperson in town. And he sees Ineth drunk in a corner, sleeping on an anvil. He goes, yeah! Why on an anvil in a tavern? Because Ineth always has her Tinker's Forge with her. She so, would so carry right. around an, an anvil. There's right. a bitch wrong. on an anvil in the pub. There's a bitch <laughs> on an anvil in the pub. He goes, he grabs two flagons of mead, and he walks up. What does he say, Jacob? Blair. Hello? Oh, hi. Uh. <laughs> you are... You don't look like he's doing so well. Would you like another? Oh, sure. <laughs> and he hands her, hands her one of the meads. Nug, you see this person. You know your armor's busted and you need someone to help fix it. You managed to avoid taking too much damage yourself. I, I couldn't help but notice that you've got an anvil in this ear tavern. Oh, yes, my trusty anvil. I, Long story short, had to leave. Need anvils. They're not cheap. Boy, I didn't ask, but thanks. Guard uh, this anvil with my life. You are, She's drunk. I've been trying to do some useful things, help people out, you know, uh, kill monsters, protect people. But my stuff's a bit busted up. Would you, you like to... Could you fix me stuff? Or do you pay? Nug no. goes and looks at his pocket and a moth flies out of his torn armor. I, I can't quite pay a lot, but I can offer you a membership in my group. <laughs> you can be the business partner in the Elpen people business. Ineff kind of, you know, tries to contemplate this. Does that swaying thing that people do when they're drunk a little bit and, and she goes... Can can you teach me to use that sword? I I can teach you how to use a sword. Then we got a deal. If we shake on it, he's not going to take it back when you're sober, are you? Oh, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> so we fade out from this tavern scene, and we see beautiful, you know, montage cinematic of Nug and man. <laughs> swinging swords together in the early morning sun, but you've realized that the camera's in the wrong angle. It's actually late in the afternoon because they're <laughs> sleep, they slept in too late. Uh, and then we see Ineth forging a sword. It turns out like crap. And then we see Ineth again forging another sword and Nug just smacking something with a broken one. Uh, 
No, and that's just the iron sword she carries, her crap iron sword. <laughs> we see both of them together, you know, on the road. We see Ineth using a hammer to forge a new sword. We see Nug using the old sword to try and make a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, so we also see them, you know, doing small odd jobs. They're getting by, the money's kind of tight. And they roll into a nicer, you know, small, but maybe up and coming town. And there's a notice, you know, uh, local noble of some name that Derek doesn't feel like generating right now. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Duke, Bob. Duke, Duke of Mayotin. Um, Duke Bobbington. <laughs> Duke Nukem. <laughs> he, he wants... <laughs> Nays Mayo. <laughs> he needs guards for his personal transport. Uh, Cross-country travel. What do you do when you see this? He's a noble. That means he's got money. Oh, we need some of that, you know. Oh, let's go... Uh, that, that, it's your business. <laughs> when you show up, you see uh, this noble man with slicked black hair, a nice, like, creepy but twirly little waxed mustache. Uh, and a monocle? And, uh, and uh, no, two, like, big spectacle glasses. Double monocle? I mean, that's basically what glasses a are. <sighs> he's got the big spectacle glasses. A bi- bionicle? And he's got his bionicle collection in the back of the cart. That's what we're protecting. <laughs> and this is a oh god. This is, I'm a craftsman. I sell. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And he's Fine, inspecting goods. He's inspecting this group of like different people who have responded to the call, trying to pick out the best one. But you can also tell that he's had a little bit to drink. It's in the early morning, and he's kind of a little woozy. Uh, and he looks, and there's like two ex-town guards or a little older passes over them. He looks at this next uh, group. It's a halfling uh, and an elf, and he just like says something racist <laughs> past them. But then he sees Nug, and he's like, Oh, you're a little witcher. I've never seen a dwarf witcher before. I got <laughs> Excellent. I've heard great things about the witchers. You're Actually, hired. no, Nug doesn't say yes. He just smiles <laughs> and neither confirms nor denies. Not even nodding, just and, uh, visual humor, but staring straight forward, yep. smiling. <laughs> uh, and then you you meet to go with his, like, fancy riding carriage as they're going to travel through. You know, he's got, like, his carriage and then, like, another one for uh, his valuables or something that he's transporting. His bionicles. His bionicles. He's got to get them to Novigrad. They sell, like, hotcakes in Novigrad. Th- they're from, like, the, the, the mask season or whatever. <laughs> oh, boy. They're original Toas. He's got to oh, get go. them. Uh, oh, my God. You <laughs> big nerd. He's gotta get them to Novigrad. They'll sell like hotcakes on the collector's market. Original Toa. <laughs> Thankfully. What the fuck's a Toa? The, the Bionicle businessman knows that his, uh, his, his wife has hired uh, a mage as a like um, to protect his collector's goods. Just kind of like an advisor. Um, also maybe his wife. Oh, it's uh, the red one. You know, a lot of women in the Witcher universe, especially North, you know, uh, women of power try to keep magicians around for birth control reasons. 
because it's you know a thing in this setting. And so, you gotta have that plan V for Viverwin. Yeah, so Viverwin, you're riding with his. You're sitting in the in the stagecoach or whatever. <laughs> this is back to Western again with his yeah. wife, and he gets in, and then you see that these two new people that are your group, and he's bragging about how he's hired a full-on real Witcher. <laughs> And you just and you guys nug. stop at a tavern, so you're all kind of like you know, park somewhere for the night, and you see Nug. What do you say? I know the silence is the response. <laughs> it's just a stare, silent nodding. Oyer, I hear you can do magic. Can you? Listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. And then he responds with silence. <laughs> okay, there's just going to be some silent nodding of understanding. Uh, you also see with him uh, I someone... I feel like we really understand each other. <laughs> who looks like an apprentice, yeah, swords person, but you actually see carries around a full kit for tinkering All the time and, and doesn't hide it. An anvil just strapped to her back. You know how much these things cost? Why do you have an anvil on your head? Why are you wearing it like a hat? Oh, it impels strength. (laughs) Your neck is pretty beefy, yeah. It's like, have you seen in Dark Souls the guys with the big candles for (laughs) hell? Except it's an anvil. It's like, you should know, she's like straight up ripped. INF is huge and ripped, so yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, she Why just wearing it like a hat. <laughs> so these I people. I have a question for you. Oh, of course. Whenever you start flattening metal, do you take it off of your head and use a hammer, or do you just headbang it? Tink, 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 tink. For there's a visual humor going on here. Everyone was raising their hand over their head. And pretending to hit themselves on the head with a hammer as uh, forging something on the head anvil. I meant more like those dippity bird toys. Oh, dippity bird Dunk. toys. Or, uh, or like the headbangers like from a, like a Brutal Legend. Like a woodpecker. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> of course. She's actually a really smart person, and we're acting like she's a total idiot. It's just she's doing it for the gaffs. Yeah. The well, gaffs. I mean, she literally had to take her whole blacksmithery she's with do- her. She's doing it for the gaffs. She's being funny. But, but yeah, no, she just like, ah. I, I do I do use it, you know. It looks used. Thank oh, you. <laughs> spicy. Uh, I know, not realizing that was an insult. <laughs> you guys are out. Lawyer, I feel like we's going to be fast friends. You guys are on the road for a I while. Nodding. You learn to tolerate each other to a certain point. Oh, uh, Nug genuinely thinks they're both great friends of his at least. Oh no, I'm sure Nug and Inef were quick friends. Oh yeah. With their similarities in personality. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> tragedy strikes before you make it to Novigrad. Not and the Bionicles. And then the Bionicle bandits strike again. And- <laughs> Uh, they the leave you tell. alive, and leave the the, the 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 leave you alive, and you're able to get out. <laughs> Our adventure begins in this one, much like it did in Forbidden Lands. Hey, a horde of orcs attack our caravan, and still <laughs> all the bionicles. <laughs> the towers. <laughs> were there bionicles in the Forbidden Lands? There were no <laughs> Hey, you know what? We're just trying to start a new adventure starting point for people. Forget the tavern. That's fine, but we've all done it. It's Every- 
everyone, everyone do, everyone do caravan attacked now. All right, that's the We're new gonna... one. Specifically, bionicle caravan. That's if right. we can. <laughs> new backstory dropped, babe. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you make it out on the road. You get to civilization again, and it kind of forges you into a unit. Uh, an absolute unit. Uh, and then one day, unit. you're up in the north in the cold reaches of Cover and Povis, and you see a help wanted sign from the mysterious Louise von Adelaide. And that's how we got to where we are now. Yeah. yeah. That's our secret. Origin story. That's I'm, our secret goal as the group, is now we're looking for the lost Bionicles. <laughs> one day, <laughs> we'll get those Bionicles back and complete that mission. <laughs> I'm gonna if we ever so in an dumb. adventure do something that involves like a treasure or like pile Is of Is it gonna be a fucking bionicle? Just replace it with bionicles. Just a bunch <laughs> of original Toas. And I was just trying to make a dumb joke about monocle third, as biocle and it became third, bionicle. Third gallon brought to you by bionicle. Yeah. So I know is this that is still back, happening. Baby? <laughs> is no. that still happening? Bionicles? Yeah. No, I don't think they make them anymore. So I know this has been a very long quote banter for everyone. We're actually like, as of recording, who knows how long it's be edited, but we're like 40 something minutes in. That was so much fun though. But Lego I discontinued like... Bionicles in 2016 due to low sales. <laughs> but this isn't a proper banter. This is, this is a nice back, you know, look, deep dive into our characters. Bionicle won the fan vote for Lego's 90th anniversary contest last year, which means it is getting a new set in 2022. New Bionicle lore <laughs> drops! I actually have. What I the like, fuck? I have, I have a Bionicle collection. You are big into Bionicle. Here's our actual back I, I remember, I remember um, going over to your parents' house and seeing some of your Bionicles. They're fucking great. No, they suck. They're action oh. figures you get to build. <laughs> they suck. And you can Voltron them really well. Bionicles They look stupid. Money. I like them so <laughs> and much. And the movies suck. That's fine. <laughs> I, I just, I loved them as a kid. Okay, so. I'm just saying, I, like, I had the, like, CD, the Brickmaster CD as a kid that has all the Bionicle comics in PDF format up to a certain point. It was like a gold mine for me. <laughs> So the only exposure that I have to Bionicles is through the one movie that I had to sit through while I was babysitting a kid. It's and not great. All I remember is the blue one, which was a girl, was getting hit on by one of the other ones. And then towards the end, that same one called her sister. And I'm like, Ugh. what the fuck? It's don't worry about it. Maybe I bought the PS2 Bionicle game recently because I had sold it as a kid to like get GameStop cra no. cash, like a dollar of GameStop cash <laughs> to buy another game. And I bought it on eBay a couple years ago and I was so stoked about it. I haven't played it that much of it because it's bad. I think yeah. my neighbor's yeah. kid had some Bionicles. That All was right. my exposure. We already did like two banters worth of backstory. We don't need to talk about Bionicles for 10 minutes. That's it, because I think that's all that we... That, I, that's it. That's all I know of Oops, Bionicles. all banter. From you. Oh, my goodness. Banter over. Game now. Long Game ago, now. The world collided in a cataclysm known as the conjunction of the spheres. Conjunction of the spheres. That sounds like balls. Chaos filled the world as vampires, ghouls, trolls, humans, and other monsters. Monsters. For the love of God. God. Balls. Another monsters poured into the world. 
I will fucking mute you into <laughs> Do it, Daddy. The Witchers mutated by magic and alchemy were created by human mages to stem the tide. <laughs> Hundreds of years later. Hundreds of years! <laughs> Drow will not be stopped. Monsters are rare, but evil remains. As war ravages the northern kingdoms, dangerous monsters lurk without and within in the world of the Witcher. Have you tried conjunction of the cubes? It's called conjunction of the spheres. Conjunction of the trapezoidal prisms. But when I'm in a goofy mood... Pondering of the orbs. (laughs) Pondering of the... Conjunction of the orbs. With the world the way it is now, I wish I could go back a few months to the orb. The orb was great. <laughs> it was a time of peace. Please. <laughs> Bring back the orb, people. Bring back the orb. Ponder that Ponder orb. Ponder your orb. I actually just saw a pondering the orb meme earlier, except it was a boob joke. Well, I mean, the, the, all, it's always been boob it's jokes. Orbs. Well, not always. Wait. But like. <laughs> Wait. Pondering the orb is a boob joke. Hang on. Always has been. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to see if I can find it. It was It was great. What happened to us? We devolved again. No, we we've, we've evolved. We've improved. Memes are the next step. Pokemon! Is there a meme tabletop RPG? I hope not. Yeah. Last oh time God. we sat down to play, you finally had gotten to Kaidwin, uh, and you rolled into a town called Riverbend. Uh, you stayed at the Riverbend uh, alehouse tavern thingy. Uh, you were woken up a little early because a local priest had offered to buy you breakfast because he wanted to talk to you. We've been praying for outsiders to come in and help them with a problem. People missing. Did we determine, was he like a pastor-like priest or like a youth pastor-like <laughs> priest? That's a good question. Did he wear shorts he, or pants? That's a really good question and important to the context have you, have of this. Have you looked at his image? That's a youth oh, pastor. That's right. And he wanted to know Was he the if cool you could one? help out with these missing people. There are two young people who had gone missing under oh, mysterious circumstances no. in the Alderwood. He was the weasel pastor. That's this, right. This guy looks like the trade offer incoming. <laughs> you should you, see Derek's face. I get rescued children. You get 200 crowns. <laughs> he suspected some sort of witchery <laughs> or monster in the Alderwood. And he had prayed for outsiders to come and help. And so you showed up, not really believing in Krieg. 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 Like the godless Meat heathens bicycle. you are. Keith. <laughs> and so. Hi, I'm Keith. <laughs> With the priest's blessing, you started talking to the families to try to figure out what the hell had gone on. Uh, And you couldn't really figure out what had happened, except it seems like they left. It doesn't seem like they were taken forcibly. Yeah, it just seems like they left and not even, like, packed to leave. They just fucking up and left. Yep. And so you headed into the Alderwood. Spirited away. Where Nug's medallion finally started doing something. This is Durgerman's medallion, let's be real. No, it's Nug's medallion now. Bark. Nug's medallion. Mark it on your sheet. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take that from you. Thankfully, Viverwin was able to resist the magical influence in the Alderwood. And keep you guys going through the paths of the wood. And you found a clearing in it. Although Nug and Ineth were, were affected and had to be led because they almost started like circling and heading back out. And we left off with you hearing a booming voice calling out to you. 
So why don't we pick up there? Listen, that sounds like some fae shit. DMs out there, if you ever feel like your players aren't paying attention <laughs> to you, just know that Throw it's, in it's not you. It's bionicles. It's just what players do. <laughs> they ignore the you game. and talk to each other. <laughs> This is an authentic TTRPG experience. Sometimes... We must be organic. Sometimes you sit down and you can crank out some roleplay and combat. Sometimes you sit down... Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. You talk about Bionicles for an hour and a half. (laughs) And you know what? That's just part of the ride. So the voice yells out to us. Give me a second to set the mood. Just breathe. Just breathe. Let the bionicle exit your lungs. <laughs> breathe in the witcher. Wow, that's an original breathe tower. Breathe out the bionicle. I hope I got that right. I did. I did. I Toamata. <laughs> What's Toamata with you? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's bring the mood let's bring the mood down. Let's, let's let's breathe out all that bionicle fume that we just soaked up. I know. Mm. Mm. Tastes like mechanics. They get, <laughs> stop. They get you hyped up. Mm, you got a Chinese you gotta, plastic. You gotta let it out, right? Uh, let the dreams of the Toa Nova or Nuva escape your mind. I don't even know you, what it looks like. <laughs> you don't need to think about it. What's the matter with you? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's booming, not any better at that time either. Booming voice. So you see these uh, these things and um, I'm going to put you on the map. I actually have a map prepared for this as well. A fight! I over prepared for this section. You see, I think I said you see covered wagons here. Yeah, in a circle. You see, yeah, wagons. And you see this, like, uh, some sort of structure, wooden structure. Yeah. Can't quite make it out. And that's where the booming voice haze. was from. But you hear this booming voice, and it says, It seems we have guests. Come, meet the family. Oh. In this corner. And as you, I'm assuming you're going into this clearing to get a better look. Um cautiously and with a sword drawn. You see totally. smoke coming up. like It looks like campfire smoke coming up from the middle of these covered wagons. They seem to be uh, going around something. Uh, and as you come around one of the corners, you see a humongous form on the forest floor by this fire pit. Uh, he's got hooves, furry black goat legs. <gasps> um, a succubus! And he's just warming himself next <laughs> to this incubus? fire. Uh, just to on the fire, there's like Probably? a cauldron with like bubbling stew that smells pretty good. Um, Do I see, see any see... human bits in it? No. Okay, you yeah. actually see sitting around this fire a troop of people, young people. Do any of them match Max or Winnie's? Why don't I take you to the map real quick? <gasps> Because now that you come into view, you get a better idea of what's going on. Can I roll monster lore on the goat man? You may. Oh. I'm going to plop myself right there. Can goat, I comma, giant. Wait for Nug to get this wrong. Monster lore, submit. I submit, got submit, a submit, 12. Submit, submit, submit. Are those just actual people? No, no, they're from... Okay, I see the art now. <laughs> oh, he's, um... He's, um... A satyr? No, he's like... A devil? Is he the fat guy that was tricking people in The Witcher 3? Uh, what did you get on your monster lore? A 12. A 12? 18. An 18, did you roll monster lore of everyone? Yes. Nug, you know this to be a fey giant. 
Ooh. Uh, Viverwin, you know this to be a sylvan. Our, yep, we got here, guys, is a fey giant, comma, goat. <laughs> be careful around them. They like to eat anything. Let me post some artwork of him real quick in our... It's okay, I have a tin can. Discord. Oh, I love tin cans. They crave that mineral. They, they crave cr- that. I hate you. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I have not thought about that in years. I have never stopped thinking I, about yeah, that. Yeah, I've never stopped thinking about that. This is what he looks like. Uh, here he's sitting up on a like a stand. Uh, and then this is the <gasps> troop of people. Stand up, Zekai! Uh, no, we've done Bionicle. We don't have enough time for JoJo. Yeah, this is the same kind of guy that was in uh, Witcher 3. The, he was tricking the townsfolk in, from underneath the ruins. Yeah, you, Jacob, would know yeah, I, Jacob, no. Oh, don't worry. No clue. No, I, I and this is the group of people. Uh, so... Back to back artwork. They look way too happy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. He, there's him, and there's the group of people. Teenagers aren't that happy. <laughs> Teenagers scare the living, the living shit, shit out of me. me. <laughs> the Sylvan speaks up and says, "Welcome. Please make yourselves at home. We pose no threat to you. I'm a monster, but <laughs> I am no killer, and certainly no killer of cultured folk such as yourselves." This forest is my home, and you are my guests. Please be at ease. Let us all share food as friends and speak freely. This is now a party, and he welcomes you and gestures. Uh, there's not enough room on this map, but gestures you to sit around the fire. Do I know anything about the rules of the Fae in this world? Is it the same as, like, D&D? Uh, so I think I didn't get to finish talking about your uh, what you got on your monster lore because of shit posting. But uh, you would know this is a Sylvan. Sylvan are relics and extremely ra- and rare to encounter. They have the Im- appearance of a corpulent man with horns and goat legs. In disposition, they are equal parts mischievous and lazy. Generally, they are harmless until angered or threatened. Despite appearances, they are exceptionally strong and agile. Besides raw strength, a Sylvan has many defenses, which make fighting it up close dangerous, and namely breathing fire and shaking the ground beneath them with a staggering stomp. Being knocked over or staggered by the monster will almost guarantee you to be roasted. If you must fight a Sylvan, start from a distance and aim to disorient it before moving in for the kill. Uh, etc. etc. Extra Witcher stuff that doesn't apply to everyone. So you know this is a Sylvan. This is a relic mm-hmm. from the conjunction. Um, of the cubes. Its intelligence in this game is classified as sapient. So they're like... Humanoid. They're intelligent like people are. They're mm-hmm. not some feral monster. They're not quote-unquote monsters. Yeah. Yes. They are sapient beings. Uh, and whenever you go and sit with or if you go and see these people like I've described they're all really young two of them vaguely match what you think is the description of Winnie and Macklin I want to say Winnie's name see if she responds uh, so if everyone you say Winnie's name yes one of them looks up at you and says you call him for me is that why you guys are here I'm Winnie yes that's me we are actually here uh, on the behest of your mother your folks says hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that's her no father, surprise. Her father's dead. I, I guess that's no surprise. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, you can tell my, my mom I'm fine. Uh, I'm, I'm here with, with Master Oberhassel. I, I pardon me if I haven't introduced myself yet. My name is Oberhassel. How you spell that? Is my troop. Uh, O-B-E-R. O-B-E-R. 
H A S I L. I L. And he says, No doubt if you are here from Riverbend, you're also looking for Macklin. He is here as well. And he said, Macklin's like, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't care about you. Oh, yeah. Womanizer. I care a little oh, bit. Womanizer? I just didn't want to marry her. Or I actually don't remember last week. Oh, I didn't very want well. to marry her. I didn't womanize her none. Wolfter, this got in uncomfortable. I feel right insulted. Well, uh, here's the thing. It's just what Winnie's, Winnie's mother thinks about you. What are, what are you doing here? Me and, and Winnie. And, like, I guess, suppose everyone. Uh, so you also see this uh, young dwarven man, like, teenage dwarf, uh, sitting with them. Uh, and he speaks up and says, We're here because we want to be part of Obarasil's troop. We didn't fancy the lives our parents picked for us. All of us, we kind of share the same thread where our, our lives were predetermined and none of us liked them. My father wanted me to run the mine at Bartok Mine and I did not want that in my future. So I sent out on my own once I found out Oberhassel was setting up his troop here. It's the same for the rest of us, for Macklin, Vinny, Maeve, Lorcan, Nola, all of us. And uh, Are you getting paid? No, but we do what we love and we have food, we have drink. So you're being taken care of? Yes. What are, what exactly are you doing? What is this troop for? Acting, probably. Well, yeah, you, sure. you notice now. Bards. As you look, uh, you kind of notice now that wooden structure. You look a little past it and you can see it on the map. There's a lot of seats around it. There's like these benches, stumps, uh, old chairs all pulled up behind it. Uh, and the and if you step around, you, there's a flat surp- surface in front of it. And it looks like a stage. And Oberhassel says, We're a troupe of actors. We're putting on a play. We're rehearsing, actually, tonight, if you'd like to see it. We oh. plan to take the show on the road in the future once it's ready. You notice Ina stiffen just a little bit. <laughs> our, our outage use all get here through the spooky forest because it's like magical. Indeed. And we could barely get through ourselves. That is no mistake, Sir Dwarf, for I have powers in these lands, in this alder wood, and you see him hold a, like, ancient-looking wand. Ooh. The alder wand. This is what keeps us safe from the outside world and those who think that we are monsters and kidnappers. Well, oh, Elsa, uh, uh, kids, are you here? Actually, I I suppose comparatively, they're not much younger than Nug. No, they're Uh, no, they're younger than. Oh, they are much. He's like sixteen, fifteen-year-old human kids. Uh, Well, I guess the dwarf one's a little older, but yeah, you're probably like what nineteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah. Are you are here of your own volition and haven't been magicked in any way, right? They totally know. I'm going to ask them. It's the first step. How, what's up with Nug's amulet right now? Yeah, has it stopped shaking or is it still wibbly wobbly? It's probably going nuts. Maybe whenever he held up the wand, you got a little bit of a tingle uh, on the mm, amulet. Tingly. But... Once you got past the into the clearing, it mostly just went away. I suppose the question would also be: if a person is being charmed, would the amulet shake, or would it only shake when they were charmed? 
it shakes whenever there's magic around, that, especially that you're unaware of. Its purpose is to alert you to the presence of some sort of magic. But yes, but like, would you still detect the magic of a charm after it's cast, but is in effect? Or would you, it only shake when it was cast? Uh, it depends on the charm, I guess. Okay. So, like, I mean, yeah, Nug just straight up asks, are, are you like in control of your own minds? But of course we are. Ambrus is the name of the, the dwarf teenager. Ah. He said, of course we are. Uh, Oberasel didn't come in some disguise or steal me in the night. One of my, the people here, uh, uh, Lorcan, uh, you see this more gangly looking teen. He says, oh, yes, uh, me, uh, me, uh, <laughs> my dad want me to become a blacksmith. And wouldn't I hear of me doing anything else? Wouldn't I support me doing anything else? I got an invitation from Mr. Oberhassel about putting together an acting troupe, and it sounded a lot better than spending the rest of my life doing what my dad did. And uh, then I joined, and I invited Ambrose myself. Ender, you never thought to at least leave a little note or nothing for your parents behind? Why should I? They'd never leave a note for me if they leave town. Uh, 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 Alright, can I do like a human perception sure. on these kids? Just to see. I'm, I want to as well. Okay. I didn't like it one bit when he insulted Blacksmith. I got a... Oh, I got an 18 human perception. 18? Uh-huh. And Ineth, what'd you get? I got a 19. Both of you can get the vibe that these guys are telling the truth. Okay. You can't be positive that there's no charm or influence going on, but like... There's no obvious signs of it, so like short of. Can like, I try to detect magic? Um, sure. I don't know how that works. Again, is there a spell you have to cast? No, I think it's just like. Um, okay, we'll spellcraft then. Yeah, spellcraft check to sort of just ascertain in the general area. Yeah. Spell casting. Yeah, Let's not the best go. fit, but I'll go with it. Seventeen. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't. There's nothing obvious. If there was something going on, it would have to be complicated, mm-hmm. but you can't, there's nothing obvious that you can pick up. Uh, and with your human perception, everything points to these just being, the only reason they didn't tell their parents is because they were, you know, Macklin left like the day after a fight with his dad. Um, yeah. Winnie, you're not exactly sure if there was like a provocative moment or not, but they're also teenagers. They don't yeah. think about there's, leaving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're not distance-wise very far from their parents, so they just may not have thought about it as much. Uh, But yeah, as far as you can tell, they're not under any magical influence, and they genuinely seem pretty happy to be there. Uh, Ineth, with your human perception, the one who was complaining about blacksmithing, Mm -hmm. you can tell that he's kind of shorter and not as stockily built, so smithing is going to be harder for him. It's going to be hard for him. Yeah, and he just may not be interested. Okay, she feels a little bad for for being so up in arms with that. Yeah, you're not a man at arms. Oh, uh-huh. It's like it's the same reason why she wasn't too good at bard-ishness. All right, could we get, could, could we, could we have a little group meeting over there? Sure. Would you like some stew while you stew? Maybe a bit. The teenagers start laughing. Maybe a bit. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Walks away with the group. Uh, so what will we do here? First off, it's creepy how happy these teenagers are. They're like all angsty. So 
what's wrong here unless they just really likes being here and secondly what do we do I like if, if they wants to be here I don't want to force them to go away we could just go to their parents and tell them that they're safe that might be the only thing that we can do Aye, but what if there's like do we tell them about everything it we comes, should just tell their parents that they have found employment, honestly. Yeah, but Dende's just going to grill us for answers, I think. I said, we don't have to speak. Oh, I just know oh, this. What are they going to do? This uh, is going to force themselves? Fight us? This is, this is odd. I don't like it. Neither do I. It's un- uncomfortable. Should we stick around and watch their rehearsal? That might be a good idea. Uh, I should we have the stew? No, I don't want Ace to stew. Uh, I know, it's just like I'll do it for you. <laughs> I don't think we should eat the stew. No, oh, no, I could eat the stew. I've got a pretty high endurance. Uh, so do you go back to the to the group? <sighs> I guess. Do you want to partake in what they're eating? Oh, I ate already. Sorry. We also have wine, if you so desire. I An aperitif, mayhaps. Will ha- have. I will have some stew. All right, so you have the stew. It's pretty good. What's it? Is there meat of? in it? Yeah, I mean, it's like oh, a, it's tempting. It's like a. Uh, I want to say like a chicken stew, uh, but it's wild game. So maybe like, like duck, pheasant, duck pheasant, something like that. So when you Dove. when you go on the road for your your acting careers. Is you going to let your parents know that she's leaving and never coming back? Because they's all kind of worried about you. Or at least used to is. I don't know the rest of you's parents. Macklin speaks up. Oh, of course, I should tell me father before I leave town, but I'm not too far away and he'd be fine without me. He doesn't need me help. Well, I was just going to let you know, out of respects for you, that they did pay us to come get you and Days assumed you've been spirited away by some monster that they wanted us to kill. Yeah. Well, then we can just set them straight, no doubt. You really should. Do, sh- you want to go do that right now? Well, not right now. We got a rehearsal tonight. What? I was just I'm saying. Sure that we could perhaps tomorrow. Plus, you just want to stay around. Philip should be, or excuse me, not Philip. Flip should be back soon, and he's going to bring spirits. Oh, I was just saying. Wait. And as he says that, actually, you feel the ground. He's bringing. Who's Flip? Oh, flip! Uh, he and then um, Lor- Lorcan, the other like blacksmith kid, speaks up. Oh, flip! He's a he's a rock troll. He's right nice. He's <gasps> very pleasant. He ah. loves vodka. Uh, and sure enough, stomping through the the the, <gasps> the underbrush, pushing aside trees, you see a grinning big rock troll, and he's got like a crate of vodka, and everyone. Cheers at the side of Flip. Okay, I was trying to ask. You mean spirits like ooh, or spirits like drinks? How much? But you answered my question. Will it take to convince used to? And he points to the ones that they know. Winnie and Macklin. Winnie and Macklin. Why don't we postpone rehearsal for a day, and tonight you let your parents know so they's not be worried about you. We've been practicing this for a while, good sir, sir dwarf. Yeah, but your parents think he's dead. Well, the parents can be assured one way or the other. <sighs> What's another day? 
Can I talk to uh, and Flip comes before, uh, real quick, comes up and says, Oh, have spirit drink. Er, everyone partake. He keeps like two bottles for himself and passes like another two between everyone else. Oh my God. Ha. <sighs> make this is... funny make. Like, I wish I could put my finger and on someone, this. And someone tells a, a why did the chicken cross the road joke that's like basic level. Like, uh-huh. why did the chicken cross the road? Flip. Uh, scratches rocks off of his head. Troll no no. Flip no no. To get to the other side. Smashes the ground. Ha! Funny joke. <laughs> Drinks vodka. What did oh. you want to say, Drow? Can I talk to the guy? Uh... The Sylvan? Yes. Oberhassel? Oberhassel? Yeah. Okay. What do you want to say? I am a little bit worried about the professionalism of your troop right now. Uh, they seem to be leaving their families without any word. That's a great way to get yourself in legal trouble. He, he, he waves you down. He says, I know there is tension between us and our neighbors, and it is not something I wish to harbor. In fact, I, I beg you, please enjoy the rehearsal. After after we get through this, we've, we've been working for this one for a while. I want to discuss with you about how we can make peace with our neighbors. Because we do not want to leave as enemies, even though we're not ready to leave quite yet. We want to leave everything in good order and in good faith. But I, enjoy, I encourage you, partake. Flip. Pass around the b- vodka. Where's the chicken? Oh, vodka. Um... <laughs> He's, he's a rock troll. Rock trolls are wonderfully stupid in er, The Witcher. What kind of play are you putting on? Oh, it's a grand one. It's one that we've written up ourselves. One I've been working on for quite a while. It's called The Comedy of Hearts Entwined. It's, oh. We're going to start it at once the uh, sun sets. It gets a little dark. It's better set at nighttime. Get our lighting better. Hi, Neth. Mother's under her breath. It's not even a classic. <laughs> All right, let's okay. listen to him talk and find out if there's like, does anyone die in this comedy? Is there any, oh no, human sacrifice is part oh. of the play. No, no, no. It's much more lighthearted than that. It is a comedy. And we've rehearsed it before, but we're trying to get everything in order. Are there any different props in the official run? Uh, there's a little bit in costume. Are any part of the costumes knives? No. Okay. <laughs> That's an oddly specific question. <laughs> We're the theater kids. Everything's cheap props over here. <laughs> Cardboard Is there sword. music? Of course. Our resident pan flute player Nola here provides great music. She and Maeve. Maeve plays the harp. They compose great, great music for this. Combining some bits of classics, I might add. Oh, I have yeah. you know, make sure her flute isn't showing. I, I <laughs> s- suppose we could stay for rehearsal. He'll look at his friends. Is for there? you, Nog. Are any of you actually like people who would go see a play normally? No. 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 <laughs> Is there? Bards any? put a bad taste in Inef's mouth, aside from her friend. Does Nug just not get it? 
What? Plays. Oh, no, he, he understands because he likes stories. I mean, his father was a scholar and loved to tell stories. It's just, you got to sit down for a long time for a play. Uh-huh. And these guys are, as far as Nug knows, they're pretty obviously amateurs. And Nug has ADHD. Yeah, yeah and, and also, like, literally, Anya's family were bars. He's, he's, these kids are amateurs. He's less bothered that there's a play. It's self-written. And more that... He he. This is a very weird situation, and he's uncomfortable. If I could take a guess, Viverwin might not like it because coming from a noble family, you saw way too many snooty plays. <laughs> I don't know. Do the Scoyatel have a theater club? I don't know, but you come from a noble elven family. Fair enough. And elves are always artsy and fantasy stuff. <sighs> um, I'm going to talk to Ubermeister. Uh... <laughs> Burgermeister. <laughs> Meister Burger. Burger. It is imperative that you talk to the parents of these young actors. I know, and that is part of how we want to make peace with our neighbors. T- tonight, if at Why all possible. Why tonight? They are sending more people. They've sent you. Yes. You are here. If they send others, we will simply invite them to the rehearsal as well. Others. It's getting darker. There may be dangerous animals. Others may not be as understanding as we are. There may be dangers on the road back at night. Rest with us. Enjoy the play. We will send you back with some of them hopefully tomorrow, if they can agree to go with you. Beverwin. Yes? Can I? Can I speak with you? Yes, let's go. And Inef kind of, she's been uncomfortable this whole time, and it finally hits her why. Performers perform for an audience. Who are they going to do this play for? It just doesn't seem right. You don't perform for no one. I am worried that these children are being stolen away to um perform just for the Sylvan. Yeah, it just... You, uh, a good group of performers should have a great big audience. They're in the middle of a woods and it just... It seems off to Ina. It does. Uh, while they're talking amongst themselves, Ayer, if you ain't perform, if you ain't performed your uh, performance yet, how's you paying for all these spirits? I have access to resources. I am not a man with no means. I came here to build a theater troupe. We did not come empty-handed. Oh, it's, it's a fair point. Where's you gonna perform first? We were thinking about taking the show around in Kaidwin first, maybe to uh, to uh, near the where the wizard school is, Bernard. That might be a good place. So the guy actually, he's like detailing a plan. Yeah, he. Uh, I'll spare the details of me looking up a map and hitting all the highlights of the Northern Kingdoms, but he's talking about touring in Kaidwin and then heading towards like, uh, I think they want to go to Novigrad eventually but there's Redania and the war, so they may head up north, kind of like where you came from, uh, along more safe routes, obviously, but up towards Kovir, Povis, Hengfors League, etc. Povis. Um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll perform an odd skelling at some time. Well, I'd be interested to see if you get audience there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the evening goes on. Flip enjoys knock-knock jokes and how the chicken crosses the road jokes. Everyone gets real 
deterrent on spirits. I don't know if you guys partake in the vodka. No, no. no. Uh, I might do that thing where I make it look like I'm drinking, but I'm actually pouring it out behind me. <laughs> they don't get like it's outright drunk, but they get Cusco. pretty yep, turnt. Yep, that's exactly uh, what I was thinking about. And as the evening goes on, they like, all right, uh, Oberhassel. Down like, for what? Turn down for what? Ha ha. <laughs> they, 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 he, he signals that it's time to get ready. So like they stop, take a minute to, you know, get their bearings sober up a little bit and get ready for the performance. Uh, he says, please come and sit. Nug will sit in the front row and he just kind <laughs> of... sit in the very back. He sits where he can... He has his hand gently rested near his sword, but not on his sword. <laughs> For goofs and gaffs, why don't you put yourself on the map so uh, I can put you right in the front row. You know how some guys will sit with like their ankle oh, down there. on their knee? It's mm-hmm. kind of how Inef's sitting right now, but leaning a little bit too far forward because hmm. she's really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm going to sit in the dead center like, for the best acoustic experience. I don't experience. think Nug would actually dislike plays in general. He's just too worried to enjoy this one. Uh, you all get seated, uh, and we're going to move, set the scene here as you sit on these benches. It's not the most comfortable accommodations out there, mm-hmm. um, but the play is set, and they set the stage... Uh, And let me read to you how this rehearsal goes. If at any point you say a dagger or sword is drawn and somebody goes at somebody else, Nug has something to do at that point. Yes. Just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Quiet on set. A pan food. (laughs) A pan food. (laughs) A pan food. A pan flute plays an opening melody, and the curtain rises to reveal a pastoral scene with a bed at center stage. In a meadow, a newly married couple dances. They sing of their happy marriage while dancing in and around the bed. The husband, played by Macklin, suddenly stops the body number mid-step, falling backwards into the bed and quickly falls asleep. Rising from the bed, the wife, played by Winnie, sings accompanied by the flute about how she only wished to dance more if only her partner had big enough feet to dance the whole night long. The music changes with the introduction of a harp. A sylvan, played by Tor, uh, which is, I think, the lanky guy, uh, complete with wooden horns and paper mache stomach and goat leg stilts, joins the wife in song, asking if she would like to dance with him. Oh, God. There is a long dance number in which the Sylvan and the wife dance luridly together around the stage, including around and on top of her husband still asleep in the bed. The husband wakes up momentarily, and the Sylvan hides in the backdrop behind a tree in the pastoral scene. After the husband goes back to sleep, the Sylvan and the wife share a kiss, and the Sylvan exits the stage. Now alone, the wife moves to the center stage and addresses the crowd directly in the final line of the play. Feet dance well, but hooves manage better. Perhaps next time, we'll all dance together. Oberhassel claps loudly. At the end of the play, and everyone comes out and takes a bow. This is a sex trafficking ring. <laughs> I don't like it. Nug will polite. Cat hates it. He will polite. Here's the thing. Is this 
the type of humor that is enjoyable in a lot of these comedies. Oh, peasants would eat this up. Okay, because that's how I was, because a lot of, the, they just, pe- no, I say peasants really enjoy, just the people really enjoy really lewd stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't lewd, it wasn't explicit. You said luridly, and luridly makes it sound lewd. Uh, but it's also the connotation of the entire play. Uh, is it's you know if only my husband's feet were big enough to dance all night long it's it's all sex but like you're right peasants would actually eat that up this isn't like a highfalutin play yeah this is just this is uh, crash this is a like crash comedy yeah this is like a it's called the comedy of hearts entwined yes so like nug will give a polite (laughs) clap everyone was just sitting there like twirling a wine glass of vodka not actually drinking now she's just got her jaw open the <laughs> glass is hanging limply in her hand everything spelled out is just silence polite uh, clapping Inef is just having a mild trauma <laughs> moment it's too close to Oyer, her father Oyer, I could see very well how many people would very much like this especially in the places I will you say she is white all of you are impressed that these people do actually have a play a certain amount of talent maybe yeah. they're not like this isn't a professional you know seasoned troupe but it's not like a podunk operation it is not podunk this is like a fairly talented community theater with a little budget. So they're actually pretty decent at it. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not bad. If they pick their venues right, you know, kind of like rolling into peasant towns on festivals, yeah. this would be a hit. Yeah, yeah. I that's only uncomfortable because of her history. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it, it just is too close. Too close to home. A lurid play by a bunch of... <laughs> Performers, listen. I I think you've got something going here. I just appreciate the more violent stuff myself, but that's not what it gets. I'll say you. this much: whenever they danced on the husband and he woke up in the sylvan head, flip lost it. Oh, the rock I, troll, no doubt, lost it. He was crying, laughing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it is it has a certain amount of talent. The harpist is very talented. Uh, the pan flute player is not trained. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll say to everyone who may have a better appreciate, and you, uh, I would INF know. Too, the Panther player is not professionally trained, but has talent. It's just not as com- she's just not as confident. It's raw. Right. She needs training. Yeah. Uh, actually, Ineth, uh, do you have roll me awareness? I'll yes, actually give I you got this awareness. One. She like literally. I put it in today when I was doing her backstory. Her instrument is a flute. So go ahead, roll. Submit. Oh, 28! <laughs> so I rolled a nat 10. Because your family, you come from these bards, um, you have a decent understanding of music. Um, yeah, she and play, you can plays recognize like different pieces. So this is actually a role you can make if you were to stay up with Flan, Macklin's dad, uh, watching the woods. You There's, there's a chance you can hear uh, harp being played if you're on watch with him. But I'm rolling it over into this one because the results table is really fucking funny. If you get a 10, it's a heart melody accompanied by a wind instrument. If you get a 12, it's a heart melody accompanied by a pan flute. If you get a 16, which you got a 28, it's an experienced harpist leading an amateur flute player. You can tell because of the hesitation of the flutist. The overture is inspired by the recent work of the noble Redanian 
Troberitz Kalonetta, with the harp taking the place of her favorite instrument, the lute. Uh, mm. So you can uh. nail out exactly what they're playing. So yeah, the harp can, player is great. The, the the pan flute player is new, but talented. Ineth just kind of whispers that to the others in a very <laughs> flat affectation. Ineth, the strong <laughs> blacksmith woman, just like, by the way, this comes from this, this, and Everybody's this. Everybody's a critic. Just like a critic <laughs> muttering <laughs> their thoughts to the people around them. Just because these bar, these, that this makes her uncomfortable all the teenagers. One of her best friends is still like, you know, a bard and still plays and all that. So. <laughs> Nuggle will step up to, um, Ober, mm, Ober, Hassel, Ober Hassel. The Uber man. And, um. <laughs> Uber driver. Uber Thank driver. King. And he'll be like, it's a bell, uh, it's a, a bit self-inflating there, isn't it? And I'll nudge him. Uh, what can I say? I thought uh, the 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 stature of a satyr fit the part. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I personally think an elf would be better, but <laughs> everyone's a critic. Oh, your dwarfs are pretty great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And all the world's a stage, you know. Uh, he's, he, he, he beckons you and his troop to all come together, uh, like right in front of the stage. And he says, Guests, give me your ears, for I have an important request to make of you. I will listen, but you may not have my ears. Mine's kind of attached, so. You are as funny as our comedy. Oh, thank you, thank you. Laugh. You came here to recover. <laughs> you are flip. Laugh. Oh, flip. <laughs> flip just goes. You got. Ears. Ears. So funny. You can tell why Flip comes here because he thinks this play is the fucking funniest Best. thing he's ever seen in his <laughs> life. Uh, he says, you came here to recover two of our acting family. Two that were not lost, nor kidnapped, but found. I recognize that in the past, our secrecy maintained, maintained for our own protection may have influenced and inflamed relationships with our neighboring communities. Regardless, as I have stated, I do not wish to further bother these neighbors or be bothered myself by the intrusions into our wood. These fine actors, myself included, however, wish no ill will to these communities. If you could broker peace between us and our neighbors, Saints Crossing, which you passed through before you got to Riverbend, mm -hmm. Riverbend, and the Bartok Barrow Mines, which you know is where uh, Tomard was heading to visit family. Ah. I will see that you are paid the same sum that you would have been paid by Tabert, with an additional 30 crown bonus for each of you. I just want to lie and be like, we were promised 500 crowns. I mean, we based almost. Yeah. We were almost promised that. Mm -hmm. We only have two terms that cannot be infringed upon for there to be peace. The first is that no one may enter the Alderwood without the permission of Oberhasil. Without my permission. This is my wood, and I want to keep it peaceful and not be surprised by intruders. And we need to pr finish producing the play. No you spoilers. Should have an outreach then. Somewhere that somebody can contact you. This is what I am trying to kind of broker here. Could you have like a set entrance? So that people would not sneak up from any side? If this is something that the communities request, perhaps we can find a way to make contact with them 
in a peaceful manner. And the second condition is that none of my troops' lives or livelihoods shall be bargained with as part of the negotiations. What say you with this? Is the implication that we would hurt them? No, the implication is or that... kidnap them back to their families. You, No one can tell them where their fates must lie. They must be able to choose for themselves whether they want to stay with their families or join this acting troop. No one can bargain for their fates but themselves. That's entirely fair. No, oh, I can agree with that. I... I'm taking notes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like Anya under her breath. Their families deserve to know what they are. Can I go talk to Winnie? Sure. What do you want to say? Why is it that you left? When Dad died, my relationship with my mom, it changed. She started seeing me as just the only connection she had to my father. And not as me, her daughter. When I learned that she wanted to marry me to Macklin, I don't know if they told you this, but Macklin's my cousin. They oh, wanted. Is, oh, he's in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they wanted to marry me to Macklin in order to keep my father's farm in the family. Macklin didn't have it, and I just I didn't want to be a part of it. He's a, he's he's my my only real friend in the village, but we we never were friends like that. Um, as soon as she Can I says, get that vodka? Macklin <laughs> is my cousin. Viverwin's face just drops. Like, there was, there was a, not a feigned concern, but like playing it up a little bit, like wide-eyed paying attention. As soon as she's like, oh, Macklin's my cousin. Uh, just deadpanned. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is my husband cousin. And you can you can you can, <laughs> you can just sort home of oh Alabama. You can see it written across the expression, right? And not exactly a frown, but just a very flat-lined mouth of fucking humans. Just, uh, this is some human shit. About to say, don't, oh, but don't, that's not the nug thing. Don't. <laughs> I never want the vodka now. <laughs> I can definitely understand why you would be opposed to that. Plus, I mean, I've had a better life here uh, with Oberhassel. I always liked, you know, putting on airs of playing pretend as a child, but acting is it's something I find a joy in, and apparently I'm not too bad at it. You are perfectly fine, yes. As much as I don't think that your mother uh, is entitled to you staying with her for the sake of being a reminder of your father... I do think she deserves a proper goodbye. Oh, I, you're, you're probably right. Perhaps when you go back to, to town or to Would you be to willing Riverbend, to come with us? I, I, I can do that. And I'm not... Just don't let her keep me. I will defend your right to make your own decisions. But I'm not going to instigate anything with your mother. If she lays hands on you, then yes, I will help you. But you have to be an adult oh, about I mean, this. I don't think she'll be violent or anything. I just I need you to speak up for me if she says otherwise. You are at a very delicate stage in your life right now where you're able to make your own decisions, but adults still don't respect that. Ah, or if I may, you you like to act, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, it's a newfound passion for me, but yeah. Then, when you speak to your, your mom, act as you want to be. I think it might help. To put on an air of confidence, maybe. 
make myself seem bigger? Oh, yes. He nods. Says, I, I can do that, yes. From one previous performer to another. Who do you used to perform? Uh. Unlike your friend over there, she p- nods toward the one who was bad talking blacksmithing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I went back, I went to the smith. Oh, were you raised by performers then? She kind of sh- shakes a little bit. Do you yes. know? Yes. <laughs> well, maybe you can understand that how you felt being pigeonholed by your performing family is how Tor felt being pigeonholed by his blacksmithing father. Oh, I didn't have very long to feel that way. I ended up in the woods. Long story short. Uh, so you've talked to Winnie, and she's good to go back with you tomorrow whenever you head back to Riverbend. Oh, should uh, we take her with us, though? And remember, you're going to have to negotiate with um, Riverbend. The mine and the other place. Yeah. So obviously Riverbend's first on your list because you've Mm -hmm. been there before. So like her parent deserves to know she's not like been taken by a monster, but she Mm -hmm. also deserves to make her own like child. This young adult deserves to make her own life decisions. Well, Well, I think I could confidently handle the negotiations by myself. I, uh, I'd feel bad about taking that away from you lot because you's so good at the talking. I uh, should make sure we have yous with us because I shouldn't do it. <laughs> Is that how Nug says it? I shouldn't do it. Start eating his beard. <laughs> um, he will go up to the Ober, yeah. Ober Hassel, and be like, so let me ask yous this. So use a... You're not a monster. Of course not. But you, the villages around here... Well, thank you, is because you know he's not you know typical human dwarf whatever. Uh, even if we broke our peace with the villages around here, how are you and your uh, your troop go, uh, travel around doing these plays and keeping you safe? It is a, something I'm working on. Perhaps a magical disguise of some sort. Okay, is well, what I have in works, but it's not actually important. I can you how to do that. Uh, now, he is a sylvan, so he has a certain amount of magical ability on his own. Um, and as you know, I am perfectly capable of interacting and talking to humans as a man, as long as I can keep the appearance and not provoke any suspicions. It should be fine. And perhaps if we travel in certain parts of the world, it wouldn't even be a problem at all. That's true. Well, we looking at his friends, I suppose we's gonna do what we can for you. Uh, tomorrow. The arrest. Right now, I suppose. I'd love to see if anything changes when at night. I still kind of want to do a watch. I don't... I yes. trust these people yeah, now, shifts. but uh, that, that'd still be smart. Okay. Yeah, they don't normally set watches because of uh, Oberhassel and the Alderwand. Yeah, but we... Might not entirely trust him still. Uh, yeah. We could just straight up call it habit if they ask. So oh, yeah. Point of order before you rest. Are you going, you tried to talk to Winnie to go back. Were you going to say anything to Macklin as well? Sure. Because uh, you were able to convince Winnie to go back. Is that something you want to do? You don't have to, but like, obviously it could be a little bit harder to talk to like Tabbert or their family if they're not All there. Right, I'm going to go talk to Malachor. Malachor. Yeah. McNuggets. What do you say? Hey. <laughs> so, young man There's no need to feel down You shut up <laughs> uh, I understand that you and your father Had a 
an argument before you left to here. Oh, we did. That was, uh, I, I, I have heard you talking to Winnie, and that was uh, the straw, last straw for me. I, I found out that I was going to be married to her, and we're, we're not to my wish, and she's my cousin after all. Completely understandable. Uh, and she's a friend, but we, the cousin also kind of sister-like because of our closeness growing up. It's you don't need to defend that to me. I, I understand. Appreciate you. Um, and after the argument with me, Pa, I just, I, I felt like I had no no other option. I I I, I received a, an invitation for this troop not too long before and didn't think much of it. And then after the argument, I decided to, to up and leave. And it's been a good call for me. So, Winnie and my group, we plan on going back to um, Riverven tomorrow to talk oh. to her mother. Right, you just broke her peace. Yes. Oh. Would you be interested in coming with us? If not only for the sake of your family, but for yourself and also just being the bigger man? I, I, I gotta say, I, I don't want to, but if you promise to keep me safe and speak up for me, if if they wants to keep me back there, then I'll, I'll go and, and make things right before we leave. If you can make your desires perfectly clear, I will back you up. Aye, then I'll go with you. I think that this will be good for your family. Yeah, I mean, I, it don't be good to end on a sour note, but I can't live that life there. I can never do it. It would also open up the possibility of you coming back in the future. Perhaps, yeah. So you convince him tomorrow in the morning you'll set out with him and Winnie. Uh, you set watches for the night. And there's, again, there's no watch from Overhassel and his uh-huh. group with Alder Wand. Nothing really happens. Uh, Is it Alder? A-L? Yeah. Wand or Elder Wand? Alder. A-L. Okay. It's also Alder Wood. Same, same thing for both. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, the night passes. The only thing that's interesting happens in the morning is Flip leaves. Oh, me enjoy. Good show. Good show. Good show. Oh, yeah. Good show. <laughs> See you later, Flip. Me go. Me go back. Oh, bye, Flip. Uh, Goodbye. He, he heads out, and then so you set out in the morning uh, with Winnie and Macklin and, and Toe. And they didn't chicken out on us overnight. Nope. Okay. You set out with them. You go back to the Alder Let's Wood. Let's have them wait like a little bit in the woods at first just to see sort of scope out what's going on. Right. Yeah. Uh, you start heading back to town through the creepy... Would you want to stay with the Minus? I can do that. Or would you want me to stay? No. Considering that she kind of gets where they're coming from, this whole idea of not getting to be who they are because of their mm-hmm. parents and all, she'll stick with the kids. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So our new job, broker peace, don't let anyone lay their hands on these kids. And let's just not mention the fact that he's a Sylvan at all. Yeah. This is just their manager. <laughs> We're hoping it's a big mon- misunderstanding and, and the parents want happiness for their children. So you head back to town. Mm-hmm. Alderwood is still eerie and spooky, but does not give you any sort of problems as you head through it this time. Awesome. It's easy to find your way through it. Nice. And as you see the village come into view... That's where we're going to pick up on the ah. next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Heck. Everything was great, and then the Bionicles showed up. And then the Bionicles <laughs> showed up. Long back, ago, the four back role to- players lived together in harmony. <laughs> then everything changed, and the Bionicles attacked. Set the scene. You get back to Riverbend, and it's been utterly demolished by the Bionicle bandits. Solves our problem. Yeah. Written <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> My original towers! <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We are at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D, gallon. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag thirdgallon, and we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at thirdgallon. We also publish a video version of this podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon. Our ambience for this episode was composed by Michael Gelfie, and you can find more of his work at youtube.com slash Music. And you can support his awesome work at patreon.com slash michaelgelfie. Our theme music for this season was composed by Alexander Nakarada. You can find more of his work at serpentsoundstudios.com and support him at patreon.com slash anakarada. That's patreon.com slash A-N-A-K-A-R-A-D-A. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.